When I was an undergrad at Wake Forest, the student health services had this elixir that they called magic mouthwash. It's basically all they prescribed. If you had a cough, gargle with this magic mouthwash. Sore throat, magic mouthwash. Broken arm, get the mouthwash. I feel like networking is the OCPD's magic mouthwash. It's the solution we provide for everything. And although I'm not sure how effective the magic mouthwash actually was, I am quite sure that networking is key to a meaningful career. For why that's true, check out Season 2's first episode. Admittedly, we don't do an in-depth exploration of the mechanics of networking in professional development. Teaching how to network is difficult. Social interactions possess a lot of variables, and it's not easy to plan for a limitless combination of events. Still, today's pod is going to at least attempt to give the law student a guide to the mechanics of networking, a how-to of sorts. So let's get going. So where to start? How about with someone who knows everyone? Uh, My name is Francie Scott, and I am the Assistant Dean for Career and Professional Development. At Wake Forest University School of Law, of course. I would say going to networking events is about... 25 to 30% of my job um, includes, you know, just meeting individually with people, attending any anything that lawyers are going to be present where I might have a chance of meeting someone. Well, for a job that requires that much networking, then you must be just a natural extrovert. Naturally good at networking. Very far over on the introvert scale. Well, I guess I don't know what an introvert is. It's often an explanation I hear from students who say they are naturally not great at networking. So when I say they need to network more, they respond with, I'm not great at networking, I'm an introvert. There's this conception out there that introverts mean, that means shy or that means, you know, socially inept. And that's not really true. I think that introvert just means I get my energy from being by myself rather than being around other people, which is what most networking events are, is going around and kind of working a room and kind of talking with people. So what's an introvert to do? One, recognize that about myself. Like, this is not a natural strength for me. And two, sort of figure out how to accommodate that um, for myself. So how does one accommodate herself if she's an introvert? And if, If I have to attend a networking, like a big networking event, I know that I need to psych myself up for it. Like I know that I need to, it's not, it's not, I'm not going to be at my best at the end of a really long day of work going straight into that event. Like I'm going to take some time to prepare for it. When I hear quote unquote prepare, I'm thinking of note cards with names and faces on them. I'm thinking of LinkedIn searches and mnemonic devices, but that's not where Dean Scott is coming from. Her advice is about preparing yourself mentally. I'm thinking about how am I going to be genuinely interested in the people around me? And so I'm not showing up thinking, how am I going to make the best impression on everybody and leave everybody wanting to hire me? I can't emphasize this point enough. Alan Bowie, general counsel at BIC, said the same exact thing in episode one of season two. Genuine interest in other people is the right frame of mind. And here, introverts actually have a leg up. Introverts are really good listeners. If you've ever been in a room where you're you're in a meeting or you're in a group of people talking and, you know, there are a couple of people who are sort of maybe on the, the outskirts of the discussion and then they come in, there's a pause in the conversation and they come in with a really insightful or really incisive comment or sum up exactly the points that were being being made. That person is probably an introvert because they probably were sitting there listening, paying attention, taking it all in. 
And then their contribution to the conversation is really meaningful and really thoughtful. The point of all of this so far is to say that being an introvert isn't a barrier to becoming a great networker. In fact, introverts actually have some advantages. However, it is likely that the introvert has not practiced quite as much as the extrovert has because the extrovert gets his or her energy from being around other people, whereas the introvert gets more energy from spending some time alone. So when I asked Dean Scott if she's good at networking, this is what I got. I think that I have developed a knack for networking over time. Um, and it's taken some work and it always takes effort. Um, it still takes effort. But I would say that I have gotten pretty good at it. Yeah. Practice. You can get better at networking through practice. I'm a sports fan. So, you know, you think about if I'm trying to get better, like reps matter, right? Like if I'm trying to make more free throws, the best way to do that is go shoot a bunch of free throws. But I'm also going to think about my technique. Like I'm going to think about, you know, what, what's my elbow doing? What are my legs doing? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to understand the mechanics as well. So I think it's a little bit of both. Like, yeah, I have to make myself show up and I have to keep doing it over and over because I know one that takes away some of the fear and the, and the, and the anxiety about it, but I also just get better at it um, naturally. So where does a law student practice networking? Are there really that many opportunities? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of them. You don't always see them. You have to kind of dig them out a little bit, but um, because networking is such a critical part of the legal profession, the way lawyer, that's the way lawyers get clients. They, there's a lot of interaction among lawyers and among uh, potential clients, uh, you know, in-house counsel and, and things like that. So yeah, bar association meetings, every section of the bar association has its own section meetings um, and, and they try to have different kinds, kinds of events just for their section. Um, there are student organizations that have events. There are uh, local bar associations, there are affinity bar associations, and every single one of them has at some point an opportunity for them to get together and talk to each other. So yeah, there are a lot out there and you don't have to attend every single one, but you can find the one that, that sort of suits your goals. These networking so-called practices seem to be events with legitimate practicing attorneys. Might be a little bit intimidating for a law student, yeah? So even kind of the most intimidating, a person with the most intimidating job or somebody who seems like they've really reached uh, sort of the peak of their profession is still going to respond when somebody is curious about them and someone's asking them questions. And um, it's a sort of a nice way to break the ice. I, I remember specifically, uh, I once was at an event with the general counsel for Krispy Kreme. And on paper, this guy had really strong credentials, like very impressive background. Um, and you know, walked up to him and kind of started chatting with him. And he introduced himself and told me what he did for a living. And of course, pops out of my mouth, oh, you have my dream job. Like, what an amazing job. You general counsel for Krispy Kreme? Incredible. And, you know, I think he appreciated that. I think he appreciated that in the moment I was like, oh, what a cool job. Like, let's talk more about it. And it ended up that we were having conversations about his travel to other countries. And he started showing me pictures on his phone of all the like, different kinds of donuts that they were marketing in different markets. And we ended up having a great conversation about that. And it, you know, it, it, it was, it built a connection and it was, was great. And it was a pleasant experience for me. And I, and I think he enjoyed, he remembered me after that. So, um, 
you know, you don't always have to be intimidated by someone's resume when you're when you're talking with them. All this practice and listening and getting in the right frame of mind, what is all of it for? And the stakes feel high. What if I fail? Well, nobody comes out of a networking event with a job in hand. So all you're trying to do is build a relationship. And if you go and you feel like I just really didn't have a good conversation with anyone, focus on what you did have. Like at least you probably planted the seed with one person. Like at least there had to be somebody that you talked to or brushed past that you can maybe follow up with and say, Hey, you know, I wanted to follow up. I didn't get a chance to ask a lot of questions at this event, but would love to sit down and have coffee or something like that. Like maybe there's some seed of possibility that, that came out of that event. Um, and, and secondly, I mean, honestly, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't work. Like sometimes you're tired. Everybody else is tired. The people you're talking to are just duds. And then I, I would just view it as practice. Like I would view it as, well, that was a learning experience and I would move on. Um, I know it's easy to sit there and stew over things and just say, well, I shouldn't have said that, or, you know, that was an awkward moment. And I've a hundred percent been in those awkward situations. Um, particularly as a woman, when you walk up to sort of a group of, of middle-aged men that have a lot in common and are all talking about the same, you know, something that they have in common. And I, you know, I've stood there and nodded for an excessively long time before I finally just excuse myself from, from the conversation because I'm clearly not going to be invited to join into it. And I just view that as, you know, drop it and move on because it's not worth kind of, it's, it's not worth trying to understand or, or analyze anymore. It's important to note that networking isn't just these large professional events. It also includes one-on-one coffee or Zoom sessions as well. First of all, yeah, when we say networking, I think people tend to default to the event where ever, there's a big group of people and people are standing around with wine glasses and 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 there's a you know buffet or something off to the side but networking really can include one-on-ones and and that's my sweet spot like i much prefer to go have coffee with somebody or maybe lunch with a two or three attorneys i find that a really really effective way of building a connection and maybe the networking event is the starting point and then the coffee or the lunch is the second meeting or the third meeting when you're starting to kind of build that relationship, but that does, that is networking that counts as networking. So for those of us who are really much more into the individual interactions, um, that's still something that, that is a really effective tool and and important to remember. Wait, so are there different rules for the events versus the one-on-one sessions? I think the way you build a connection is by being curious about the other person. So, so of course, you know, more than just in a casual brief Uh, conversation at a networking event, when you're sitting down with somebody for coffee or for lunch, you are getting to know them on an even deeper level. And I I think still being curious about, you don't, it doesn't have to be professional related. You usually, what ends up happening is you end up having conversations about something that the two of you have in common, whether it's you went to the same school or, or similar schools, or you both played a sport or you, you know, have the same hobby um, just you, you end up hitting on that, that thing that you have in common. And that's usually where you really build uh, a meaningful connection. So, you know, the more you ask, the, the more you find out about other people. And I would also say, like, don't be afraid to be yourself. This doesn't mean when I say be genuinely curious about other people, that doesn't mean don't say anything about yourself and only talk about the other person. That also includes actually, you know, having, bringing yourself into the conversation. They're not, you're not going to be able to find that connection 
if if this person starts talking about all these great books that they read and 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 you know it's a genre genre that you're really interested in and you don't share that like you have to share a little of yourself and the advice i would give there is don't be afraid to be yourself this is not about being projecting some image of what you think that person wants you to be the the way you're going to be the most successful and and like I, I keep saying the word genuine but that is really what's important here is this genuine connection and you're going to get there by being yourself by being being true to who you are and and sharing that with the other person all right before moving on to more practical networking advice let's recap the five major ideas we learned from dean scott first Introverts make great networkers. They listen really well. The only difference between an introvert and an extrovert is an introvert is maybe less likely to willingly put themselves in a position where they're surrounded by a lot of people having to make rounds and make small talk. So introverts maybe need to push themselves to practice just a bit more. Number two, you can improve your networking skills with some deliberate practice. Number three, attend events. There are a lot of them. Go in with a mindset of genuine curiosity and learn as much as you can. Number four, never be daunted. Everyone likes to connect with another human being, to be heard. It doesn't matter how successful they are. And number five, it's a lower stakes game than you think. If the event doesn't go great, so what? You got in some good practice. Get out there and do it again. Welcome back to the second half of Season 2, Episode 2 of Hired, where I speak with the Master of Professional Networking. I'm Carrie Vickery, and I'm a district court judge um, here in Forsyth County. This is my fifth year on the bench, so I was elected initially in 2016, um, and I have a four-year term, so I was re-elected in 2020, so I'm in the first year of my second term. In North Carolina, judges are elected, and the races are partisan. So a judge has to be actively building relationships in not just the legal community, but with every kind of constituent in the entire county. Judge Vickery embraced this challenge. And there is nobody that I would not talk to. And as a result, she learned a lot along the way, especially about networking. First, mindset is everything. Prior to a big networking event, I like would have this like kind of internal conversation with myself when I would be driving up to somewhere that was just, I'm going to go in and I'm going to walk with with some sort of purpose. So it looks like I know what I'm doing and I'm going to fake it till I make it. And nobody is going to know that I'm scared or I'm nervous or I don't know anybody here. I find this interesting because Dean Scott said something very similar about psyching herself up and mentally preparing before the event. Judge Vickery, unlike Dean Scott, is very much not an introvert. You know, you do those like the Myers-Briggs tests and I'm always, I'm always an extrovert and I like talking to people. Um, I like my alone time at times, but i am always been a people person. The point of my observation is regardless of your personality type, it's useful to prepare yourself mentally before entering a networking event. Anyways, Judge Vickery has two major subpoints that fall under mindset. One, be resolved not to glue yourself to the wall, no matter how intimidating the event is. And number two, like Dean Scott suggested, prepare yourself to make others comfortable. 
really big on making sure that everyone felt comfortable. Like you don't want someone to be with you and that you are making them feel uncomfortable. So it's always important to me. I try to do, I try really hard to make sure that I've introduced everyone, that I've given them some sort of like information about something that they may have in common that they may not know about. Um, and so doing that and passing that along when people come to you to talk to you is also really helpful. In addition, but closely related to getting in the right mindset before a networking event, Judge Vickery, in my own paraphrase, suggests that you embrace the awkwardness. The more that you do it, the more comfortable you become. But I, you know, can distinctly recall um, just being um, uncomfortable, like not knowing people. And, you know, your tendency is to stay in your comfort zone. But there's good news. So when the person I'm talking to, I would like to believe that they don't, I don't think that they thought that I was awkward or uncomfortable or nervous, but I certainly felt all of those things. There really is something freeing about knowing that no matter what, it's going to feel a little uncomfortable and that at some point you're going to say something that's a mistake or make a wrong move and that's okay because it's part of it and nobody does this perfectly. You're probably going to say something awkward. I I still um, say plenty of awkward things, but that's going to happen, you know, and you just kind of have to... pick yourself back up and keep on moving, apologize where it's appropriate, um, and laugh at yourself where that's probably appropriate as well. So mistakes are going to be made. There's going to be some awkwardness, but there is one surefire way to, at the very least, cut down on some of that awkwardness. You know, again, talking about something other than the law loosens people up because it's something, you know, when I was a first year law student, like I was so scared that I was going to say something really stupid to a lawyer, like that was like wrong on the law. So I would be really nervous. Like if I was talking to them about, you know, if they were like, well, what are you learning in criminal law? I'd be like, oh God, I don't want to talk about it because what if I don't really, what if I don't really know it? And I'm just pretending, um, you know, so again, like leaving that discussion and talking to some, talking about something that you feel more comfortable in, you know, I I think just helps people a lot. I have to admit that even as a career counselor, this is an idea that I often forget. I often forget that I don't have to only talk about the orchestra just because I'm at a fundraiser for the orchestra. Or I don't have to talk about the law just because I'm at end of court. It's a whole lot more fun to talk about our dogs than it is to talk about where you went to law school, where I went to law school, where you work, and where I work. And you will probably forget where I went to law school and where I work, but you won't forget that I have two really big dogs, one who is a golden doodle and one who's a golden retriever. In addition to getting in the right frame of mind, embracing the awkwardness, and talking about other things outside of the law, Judge Vickery gave a tip I never thought about. In the first half of the show, Dean Scott talked about how getting a job from one networking event was probably unlikely. Instead, networking, she said, is about building relationships over time. But how can you possibly keep all the people that you meet at these different events straight in your mind? Well, Judge Vickery has a solution. If I get business cards, I like to write notes on the back, and I would put something about them that had come up in the conversation. All right. Both Dean Scott and Judge Vickery had more advice. For example, I ran out of time to air Judge Vickery's advising the networker to listen more than talk. But I thought this little tip would be a good stopping point to avoid risk of overload. 
What I found surprising from these conversations with two different networking experts is that even though one was an introvert and one was an extrovert, they had similar approaches worth converging here in a quick summary. Number one, don't go to a networking event cold. Get yourself in the right frame of mind. Be prepared to listen and make others feel comfortable. Number two, it's a hate to feel awkward. A lot of that will go away with practice, but everybody at these events feels kind of awkward. The truth is, they're not noticing it out of you, and you're not noticing it out of them. Each person is feeling it themselves. So embrace that. Be okay with it. It doesn't mean it's going poorly. Number three, listen. Listen, 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 listen. Ask questions and listen. Learn about other people. Number four, Practice will absolutely make you better. So even if you feel like a networking event wasn't successful, get out there and do it again. And number five, talk like a human. Dean Scott was talking about speaking with general counsel at Krispy Kreme and talking about the different kinds of donuts that are made abroad. Judge Vickery and I like to talk about our dogs. The people you meet will probably remember those things more clearly than they will what your favorite law school class was. So... Be a human being. Talk about other things. All right. Thank you to Dean Scott and Judge Vickery for being here for Season 2, Episode 2 of Hired, a legal career podcast. We will see you next time.